We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Welcome in to the PHNX D-Backs podcast. My name is Derek Monte, occasionally known as the mayor of Sad Town. Uh, this uh, fine human being next to me uh, is is our Finks-tographer, uh, Danielle Cortez. Oh, How Derek, Derek. How you feeling? How, you feeling? Only, How are you feeling? We're I only said. five games in. I shouldn't uh, be hurting this much, man. Uh, I mean, is, is it, is it, is it, I feel, I feel a bit, I feel like a bit of an overreaction coming on. And of course, without Jesse here uh, to temper <laughs> this overreaction, uh, I know that it, that there's very little to stop it. But uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks did lose a heartbreaking game uh, by a score of four to three by uh, to the San Diego Padres. You know those guys. They spent a lot of money on their team. Uh, and the thing about this game was very early on, it felt like there was a chance this game was going to get completely out of control, like the two losses that we saw in Los Angeles. Ryan Nelson did not have a strong first inning in his first outing of the season. Uh, and honestly, after two innings, things were concerning. Things looked concerning. And this Diamondbacks team, just to accentuate the positives a bit, put up an amazing fight against a very tough Padres team. And uh, I think that they all kind of battled back, including Ryan Nelson, who even though uh, had thrown nearly, I believe it was nearly 40 pitches uh, in, in the first two innings, uh, was it 40? Was it 60? It was close to 60. Yeah, it was close 60, to 58. 60, 58 yep. pitches in the yep, first two yeah. innings. Uh, he still was able to kind of battle back uh, and give the Diamondbacks a solid outing and give them, honestly, a chance to win. Yeah, I, like you said, he had 32 pitches in the first in the first inning. Yeah. Not a deal. Mm-hmm. And, um, then, and a home run to Juan Soto yeah, that put the Diamondbacks yeah, and, behind. And not, a, not a cheap shot from Juan Soto, right? Mm-hmm. It's a... It's a big center field out there in, yeah. in San Diego. But, you know, he settled in. He he retired six in a row at one point. He did. He did. Um, broken up by a two-out Xander Bogarts double, which, yeah. you know what? You'll take two outs. Um, man, this one hurts. This one hurts, this because, one hurts because they had a lead. Right? Yeah. And, that, and we'll, we'll get to that. But part of that lead was able to be established because the Diamondbacks' uh, bullpen actually stepped up with Ryan Nelson only being able to go five innings uh, and and did a good job. Cole Sulcer had a one, two, three inning in relief in the sixth. Uh, he struggled a bit in the seventh after, I believe, getting the first out. He walked uh, two to, to put two on the bases. And then Miguel Castro came in. Oh. And let me tell you, Ooh. we've already had a lot of very, very positive things to say about Miguel Castro. 
but his stuff was absolutely electric. His slider was zooming and moving, and man, it, it was, was it was all he threw. It was all he threw. It was all he threw. Was it he, five pitches. He got one. He got May Machado to pop up on one on one pitch, and then struck out Xander Bogarts on four four sliders. He threw nothing but sliders, and you know what? Those sliders, he didn't miss on any of them. Even the ones that, even the one that was a ball, he was trying to get. He was trying to get Bogarts to chase. It was pretty. He is. Uh, he's the real deal. He and and, and here's the thing. Uh, this will be the criticism. I'm sure a lot of you will throw at Tory, and uh, again, rightfully so. If if we are moving into a uh, relief pitcher closer by committee kind of situation. I really didn't see a need to pull someone who was throwing the ball as well as Miguel Castro was after five pitches, right? Uh, but that is what happened, and the Diamondbacks went to Scott McGuff uh, in the bottom of the ninth, and he gave up back-to-back home runs to David Dahl and Hassan Kim uh, to give the Padres a 4-3 to walk-off win. The Diamondbacks did have a lead there temporarily. A big part of that lead was Corbin Carroll, who was the Diamondbacks' best player out there today. Corbin Carroll got his first dinger of the season which is very exciting very fun to see Corbin Carroll uh, especially at a 20 degree launch angle which really shouldn't ding it really shouldn't ding but uh, he did hit it at 105 plus miles per hour with exit velocity so uh, very fun to see Corbin Carroll starting to heat up offensively Uh, and Evan Longoria uh, who we absolutely did not say on this show should be DFA'd on opening day after one single regular season game uh, came up huge with the go-ahead solo dinger in the ninth inning that put the Diamondbacks up uh, by, I believe it was a score of three to two at that time. Um, and I mean, honestly, it, this just this game was this game was heartbreaking. Yeah, uh, this game was heartbreaking. Here's what we wanted to see out of the Diamondbacks, especially in these six games against the Dodgers and the Padres, was the Diamondbacks have a good showing. And you might not be able to say they had a good showing in the two losses in 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 LA, but they were able to still split that series. Yeah. They still have an opportunity to split this very short two-game series with the Padres here, which would still be a win. But I think if you want to take something away and not be as sad as we absolutely all are deep inside in our soul, uh, then you could take away the fact that they really did have a chance to win this. And again, an, an unfortunately familiar feeling the Diamondbacks couldn't get the win on, on a close game and have a closer come in and shut things down. Now, I will say Scott McGuff did come in and do this uh, very exact, very thing for this team uh, in, in their previous win in L.A. So you, you can't immediately start calling for Michaela in the bullpen um, for Scott McGuff yet. But I do think that the Diamondbacks, if they truly are going to go in a closer by situation, closer by committee uh, kind of mindset, this this kind of thing needs to change, especially when a guy comes in like Castro came in uh, and was throwing the ball as well as he was, uh, and 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 only threw five pitches. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's the big thing. Is yeah, the five pitches I, I think the, the the heartbreak here is that it it feels different. This bullpen feels different, right? We saw yesterday, we saw we saw it today as well with with you know Solcer and and Castro coming in. So you you get this feeling that like the D-backs have a good bullpen, right? Yeah, we got this. And then to just go right back to where we were last year just rips your heart out. And I, you know, well, it's just, it's just, it's, it's that feeling of, of, of being hurt before yeah. and knowing yeah, this we've, hurt we've and immediately here. thinking we're already back there. Right. Uh, like, 
It's like being in a terrible relationship and now you're in a new one and the person says something to you slightly aggressive and you're like, here we go again. <laughs> Probably it's, gonna punch me in the face uh, next time. That's just, you know. that's just it, man. It felt like it. It just felt different, right? It just felt different with Castro coming in and throwing five pitches, um, and just looking dominant so far this season. It just really hurts. Um, the thing that I think we need to take into account is guys like Castro. You don't know if he's if he's capable of going back into the dugout on a cold night. And sitting down out. and then absolutely. coming back out. Absolutely. You just, You're you don't know right um, yeah. with, with these late inning bullpen guys, most of them aren't used to doing that. Um, so, you know, it's very rare. You get a, a Mariano Rivera who's, who can come in and get five outs easily. Right. 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 Um, so you just don't know. Um, I'm not going to question Tori for that just because like you said, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know if he's ready. You don't know if he's, if he even has that experience, right? I don't, we don't have the numbers in front of me. Right, um, but, but you don't know if he has any multi multi inning saves, right? So, yeah. so who knows? Um, it's just you know, like I said, this one felt in hand. It felt with the Longoria home run. There was just like a magic to it, right? Yeah, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like three and oh, baby, like here it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but it just didn't happen. The good news is there are. There are positive takeaways, right? Corbin Carroll heating up. Evan Longoria had a pretty good night. Nick Ahmed had a good night, um, and and even even Miguel Castro having a, having another solid night. Um, it's just it hurts, you know. Even even knowing there are a hundred, what fifty seven games left, it still hurts. So what I I didn't know what the discussion was about the replay. Uh, there's Maddie in the chat was saying, why would you save your challenge? Uh, just because, like, I guess his point is, what do you have to lose? And then Jacob's saying, well, he was clearly out, according to the replay guy, so they didn't want yeah, they yeah, wanted yeah. to save okay. it. Yeah, and, 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 at, and at that point, you might as, like, if you have definitive evidence, then, like, why waste it? There, There is a conceivable, you know, possibility that yeah. you might need two challenges in the ninth inning, right? In the bottom of the ninth. Um, had McGuff done his job there there is a chance that you need both of those in the ninth inning so you don't really want to waste them when you're up like that right i i, I mean i i think that there if if the play was close i i i'm with matt and saying you know challenge it that i'm i'm definitely that but i think we saw that without taking too many looks at it and it looked like he was i thought out, he was out. but yeah uh, i think also, it, it was one of those plays that had he been called safe he probably would have he probably like the the play was gonna be upheld no matter what yeah, probably yeah uh cog says kalu was absolutely robbed oh, of absolutely. an rbi double absolutely like no no doubt about that not only was he robbed by machado of an rbi double but right before that machado was the one with the hit that banged yeah, off of the so, big, machado, goddamn base machado stole an rbi of yeah. his own right yeah, yeah oh. he, he got one in that he didn't deserve to get and he also uh stole one so uh, I've had enough of Manny Machado already this season. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't want I don't want to be like I don't want to try to look for the positives in this yeah. loss. I just want to be angry about it, to be <laughs> honest. I just I just want to be mad that this didn't go uh the way that the Diamondback I mean, because the to to come out with a plus five hundred record after, you know, facing five games to the Padres and the Dodgers. What do we say? hundred twenty wins last two hundred yeah. something two hundred wins last year, I right. think it was. Right. Like it's just incredible to me that, you know, the the they were that close. Uh and I feel like there's still a lot of positives here, right? This is still a team that's growing, learning. There's a lot of youth here. 
Uh, Tori Lovello still doesn't know who on the in this bullpen he can rely on, right? So uh, it is easy in retrospect to say, you know, hey, should have left Miguel Castro in, but I think you made a great point about not knowing how Castro might potentially react to coming back out after sitting down on the bench for for the half an inning. Uh, I don't know, but uh, overall, Corbin Carroll still is uh, is I I know Brett, I know Brett says <laughs> no look for the positives. I will try, but uh, here's a positive: Corbin Carroll is our king snake of the game. Put it up there, buddy. This guy three for four with his first home run of the year. Two runs scored. He had the RBI off the home run, and uh, he just continues to he, he continues he continues to prove that he is worth every dime of that contract already early on. And he is just getting started. That's the best thing about this here. Uh, AZ Sports Girl 224 just yelled Chafin. I agree. I don't know why. Cha- I'm guessing for the ninth inning, but I just agree with yelling out Chafin. Uh, <laughs> He's looked good so far. He's he looked has, really he good. He has looked really good. Um, in other Corbin Carroll-related news, yes, Virginia, there is going to be a Corbin Carroll bobblehead. Uh, Corbin Carroll bobblehead, I don't know when it just got slight slyly inserted into the promotional calendar. I never saw it up to this point. And I know for a fact that this guy right here went on a quite the rant about the diamondbacks only having one bobblehead this season, but uh, that is no longer the case on August 26th. We will have a Corbin Carroll bobblehead and it's going to be making a face like this, where it's like his face is pulled back. I hope or something like where the running face, I need, I need the Corbin Carroll running face. Uh, and I need Corbin Carroll. Maybe someone had the great idea of having the legs spin. <laughs> and didn't they do that with I, uh, with Craig Kimbrell and his arm? His arm I, feel like. yeah. I think they did that. Someone else had an idea of like a, a stolen base counter, <laughs> and that's like a, also very good. They did that's the Robbie Ray strikeout counter. Yeah, we might, we might yeah. as well get a Corbin yes, Carroll. That's one. what I'm saying. We might as well get the Corbin Carroll stolen base. Uh, but yes, uh, Ryan, you're you're welcome. I will continue to fight for you, and I will continue to fight for bobbleheads. Uh, no matter what, but uh, you guys need to continue to fight uh, for us and uh, be here with us on this podcast. Join us whenever we go live, whether it's good times or bad, we need to be together. We need to stick together. Uh, We thank those of you that are here already. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a thumbs up. It helps our self-esteem after losses like this. Also, grab yourself a PHNX Diehards membership over at gophnx.com. Not only do you get yourself a piece of PHNX merch from the phnxlocker.com every year you're a member, you also get 20% off all future purchases. You get members-only merch, members-only discounts with our partners, members-only access to our Discord uh, lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan, as well as access to all of our newsletters, all of our content, including Jesse Friedman's uh, full count newsletter. So you don't miss anything about the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, also, BetMGM. If you haven't already signed up, we are proud to be partnering together with BetMGM, and we are very excited uh, for our PHNX in-app bets uh, coming very soon. Uh, we also are going to be out there for some monthly corn- cornhole leagues at the BetMGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium. It was very cool uh, to see so many of you guys out there this weekend. More info to come on that. But if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, Use bonus code PHNX and you will get up to $200 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code PHNX. Place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price and you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sh- when you sign up. 
I was going to say shine up because, of course, you get to now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Well, as you guys heard, I was asking Damon if we got Jesse yet, but we have no Jesse yet. Uh, but that doesn't matter. We don't need Jesse here to do the thing we do around here because you know what we do around here. Every week on this show is Shark Week. Every day on this show, regardless of of the cal- what the calendar says, is, is Earth Day on this show because we recycle. Uh, and every Monday, we go to the mailbag. Sco. Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. Let's go. Damon, what we got in the mailbag today? We got a bunch of questions about Mad Bum, don't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's get them all out. We got Spencer asking, is it realistic? Is it a realistic move to take Mad Bum out of the rotation? Uh, T.R. Cogs, T.R. Cogs asks, how long do you think Mad Bum will last this season? He already appears injured. And Court Blackwell says, Dre going to jump into the starting rotation? Uh, Yeah, those are three versions of the exact same question. And the question basically is, when is Mad Bum going to kick kick rocks, basically? (laughs) Uh, And I don't know. I I don't know about that. Uh, Mad Bum was removed. uh, Not removed, but he was basically diagnosed with arm fatigue. And they said that they were going to take him back to Arizona, where he came back here to have an MRI done. According to Tori Lavallo, uh, and this video that Jesse sent us, uh, it sounds like Mad Bum is doing just fine. Yeah, everything um, everything is fine. It's just a little bit of fatigue, um, as we explained. And I think all all pitchers go through it at certain points in time, and really, he works hard for the four days in between um, <clears throat> his start. So, uh, I just think we we got to get him past that point. And as of right now, he's going to be starting on normal rest and. I'll throw a bullpen and I'll get you guys, I'll get you guys more information after the bullpen. Well, there's your answer about his health and well-being. It sounds like Mad Bum will be just fine and he will not be missing any starts in his rotation, much to some of your chagrin. Uh, I think the idea here is that we hope Madison Bumgarner can get back on track. We hope that his bad start uh, against the Dodgers was indeed impacted by arm fatigue. But what are your thoughts on on the fact that we all kind of know deep down inside that as long as he's healthy, it almost feels like Madison Bumgarner could have a 72.05 ERA and he's still going to go still, out there and start. Yeah, the thing the thing that's really frustrating is, you know, we're all hoping for an answer, right? With arm fatigue, whatever it is. Um, at this point in his career, that's just kind of who he is, right? It's just kind of the Madison Bumgarner we're going to get. And we talked about it yesterday. He's... You know, he doesn't have the stuff that I used to. And he wasn't, he was never, you know, a, a savvy outthink the guy pitcher. He was, he was, here's 97, hit it if you can. And now he doesn't have 97 anymore. Um, he's a guy that's always going to have a spot in his rotation because he is World Series MVP, single handedly gave, brought the Giants a World Series, Madison Baumgartner, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, sending which him is, to the bullpen. Which is so unfair to a yeah, very talented Yeah, it, it really is. Him. But, um, like... That's this is just what this is just what's going to be as long as he's a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks, he's going to have a spot in the rotation. Um, and you know, Tori has shown he's a very loyal guy, right? And yeah. that's you know we love that about him. Yeah. But at the same time, Madison Bumgarner is actively hurting the D-backs at, right now, right? Yeah. Um, it's just really frustrating to watch to see someone who is so great and with so much hype getting here to just not perform. He's not Madison Bumgarner anymore, right? Whenever we would see his name pop up, we said, well, there's a loss. And now it's, we see his name pop up and there's a loss the other direction, right? Still a loss. Oh my gosh. Still it's, somehow a loss still for loss. us. Uh, it was a loss back then a, and it's a loss now. Just, That's not fair. That's not how it's supposed to work. It's not supposed to work that way. Oh man. Uh, there was a question, by the way, in the chat I wanted to address about Cattell Marte switch hitting. Brett Johnson says, Let ma- late mailbag question. Should Cattell stop switch hitting? He's so much better as a right-handed hitter. Uh, I don't know about that, Brett, because, uh, I mean, I guess he is better as a right-handed hitter. You're right about that. It's just, it's a frustrating thing to watch him kind of try to find himself at this point and uh, try to be doing it from both sides of the plate when, yeah, he. I mean, it really does feel like if he kind of sticks uh, to one, uh, he will have a chance to just be better uh, in, in that way. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't think right now it's working out cause he has a 133 batting average this season. And you know, last season we kind of saw him regress as well. So, um, anyway, no, uh, mad bum will not be moving to the bullpen. I don't foresee that ever happening. No, I just really no. don't, to be honest. I think I, I, I would foresee the diamondbacks just parting ways with him before they would actually move him to the bullpen. And so. it's going to have to be a release too cuz who's going to take this? He's he's that you can't trade him. He, yeah. I love seeing on Twitter everybody's like, "Oh, trade trade whoever's not playing well, right?" Well, it takes two to make a trade happen. Somebody has to want him. And right now what with what Madison Bumgarner is making versus what you're getting out of him, yeah. nobody's going to take him. I got an answer for you. What? The Savannah Bananas. <laughs> Could you imagine him out there? He rides out on a fucking horse to the mound, <laughs> right? Fucking pulls it up, fucking has the cowboy hat on. Sorry to the guy that currently has the cowboy hat gimmick right now, but you lose that. It's like if he came in and wanted your number, you'd give up your number. You're giving up the cowboy hat. Throws pitches from the horse, right? Just, just throws <laughs> and pitches does it from as the horse. Mason Saunders. Yeah, and Mason Saunders, right? And then, like, I was at, I went to, uh, I went to uh, Medieval Times for my birthday, and they do this thing where the horses come out and do a little dance. He can do that <laughs> when the guys twerk. He can dance the horse. Oh man, I mean, there's a career. Make it happen. Johnny Make Damon it happen. is their outfielder right now. Let's let's get a trade. Could you imagine if we traded him for stilts? Oh man, if we traded Mad Bum to the Bananas <laughs> for stilts, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, those comebackers up the middle are going to be caught real easy by stilts. What else we got, Damon? Mad Banana. <laughs> ah, that's a good one, Cogs. Uh, Corbin underscore barrels. Uh, hey, Corbin. Uh, can Carroll make one inside the park home run this season? Yes. Multiple. Yes. Multiple. Yes. All it is literally going to take is him getting his nor- like an active jump, not just one where he falls out of the box a little bit, doesn't think it's actually going to be fair, but still manages to get a double. Uh, it'll just take a good jump from him and one of those balls to ricochet around and bounce in the outfield and just have an outfielder make a bad play on it. There's no way 
that that's not going to happen at least twice this season. I, I see Corbin Carroll. The I'm setting the over under at one and a half. I think yeah, I think you take the over on that. Yeah, you're taking. I the think over you take the that. over. I saw the comment I'm that says trade yeah. trade Bumgarner for Otani and maybe maybe a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Who says no? Who says no? Come on. Um, yeah, I, for for ordinarily for an inside the park home run to go to happen, something has to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not going to be the case with Corbin Carroll. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. going to be the case. Yeah. It just has to, you know, in Dodger Stadium where they have that that curve. Yeah, just get one in there. Yeah, just down the line, get one in there. And it's not just that. It's the fact that Corbin Carroll is going to get a reputation. Oh, yeah. Right. So what's going to happen is outfielders are going to like panic. Yeah. They're going to press yeah. on like on like making a good defensive play out there and they're just going to blow it. Yeah. And they're not going to get yeah. it. Yeah. And you get time. one in that weird triangle over in the corners at Chase Field. Done. Or done. Or, or, or at what is it? What's the San Francisco park now? Oracle? Oh, yeah. Oracle. Is it Oracle? No. Get it over in there. AT&T. AT&T now. bar, is it? I don't know. Who's their business daddy now? <laughs> uh, wherever. It just bounces around, careens around in, in those, uh, in those like, garage bays or something. Yeah, we're definitely getting a Corbin Barrel uh, inside the park home run at least one time. We're calling him Corb Him now. <laughs> That's what we're going with, Corb Him. Uh, what else we got, Damon? Uh, Will Novak asks, Carol and McCarthy have mullets. Randy Johnson had a mullet. Please give me your all-time all-mullet lineup. First of all, I want to address something. That's good vibes, I think, right? Like, there's a good connection there, yeah. right? When you're talking about Randy Johnson having a mullet, now there are several special guys on this team that also have mullets. Um, it is Oracle Park, by the way. It is Oracle Park. See, I know my stuff. They changed it from at and all the yeah. time. I'm not dumb all the time. at and is even... Okay, we're good. No, all we're right, good. fine. We're good. We're good. Um, but let's talk about this all mullet team. All mullet team, boy. We we dug we, pretty deep. We dug into deep this. here. This um, wasn't easy. This wasn't yeah. easy. First, and we went we went at any point in their career, not necessarily when they had we were yeah, at any yeah. point with the career. We had to find, out, yeah, there we, weren't that many. There weren't that many. There weren't that many. Um, <laughs> we come to find out that um, Dansby Swanson uh, has a mullet at times. I know that one hurts a little bit, but we're adding him in with Corbin did, Carroll. Did Shelby Miller have a, have oh, a mullet? Let's, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Um, but we also, uh, Andrew Chafin, mullet, Andrew Chafin, mullet, uh, absolutely, mullet? absolutely. That's mullet. business in the front and party in the back. If I've ever seen it in my entire life, we um, got Mike Fetters. Mike Fetters had, Mike an had, incredible, oh my yeah, goodness. Mike, Mike Fetters had an incredible mullet at one point in his career. Uh, we, we looked up pictures of it and, uh, it was impressive, particularly but, his brewers days. Yeah. If you're looking, if you're looking for something, yeah, Google Google Mike Fetters. Um, you will not be disappointed. Also, Bob Brenly. Bob Brenly had an incredible mullet. Mullet. with the mustache. With the mustache was man, yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Um, and then of course, the greatest mullet in probably baseball history, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, yeah, Randy Johnson. It. You're never uh, gonna beat that. You're, no, you're it's not. the most iconic look. And, and maybe baseball history. And and we decided that these games would be played at Mullet Arena. It had to be. Have to be played at Mullet Arena. Uh, next question. What else we got? Uh, Hanley Ryan on Twitter asked, hey, Mr. Mayor. Uh, sorry, Danielle. This one's I'm, this is where uh, things take a, a turn back to wrestling. <laughs> uh, and, and forgive me. Uh, I'm glad Jesse's not here for this because he'd be furious. But uh, he says, hello, Mr. Mayor. What is your review of WrestleMania? Mr. Vice Mayor. What is your re- review of LA Tacos? Uh, and have you tried this place, Taco Bell? Uh, first, oh, ooh, 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 you got the Mexican on. Oh, <laughs> you got the Mexican man. on set riled yeah, up. You're, that's, that's, oh, not a, that's not a good start. Um, I'm going to first address WrestleMania. WrestleMania was a whole lot of fun. I enjoyed it very much. I think 
in my opinion, uh, if they didn't try to stretch it out into two nights and they condensed the good stuff into one show, it might have been the best WrestleMania of all time. I was fully invested in any storyline involving the bloodline, Roman Reigns, the Usos, Sammy and Kevin, uh, Cody Rhodes. It was all great. It all paid off well. Most importantly, the end was a surprise. It wasn't predictable. Uh, it made me angry. It made me emotional. It made me want to watch the show tonight. And that's what this thing that pro wrestling as a televised show is really all about, right? It gets, it gets lost a lot of times, but like, as a pro wrestling fan watching this for as long as I have, I don't give a shit about the wrestling. <laughs> this is a male soap opera that I'm here to watch and I'm yeah, here for it. And that splitter hanging a doll. All right, Kate, did what 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 are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Sorry, I, I keep don't that know, shit man. on the Coyote Show or whatever, whoever the hell that person that was, was. That was I don't Scott recognize McGuff. that, that man. Was, that was Scott McGuff. That was Scott, oh, McGuff. Was Scott McGuff. Yeah. I don't ever want to see his face on this show ever again. I don't ever want to look at him ever again. Oh, that's got to be from Jesse. Yeah, that was that was oh, Scott McGuff. We'll get man. Scott back in here in a second. Uh, I, it interrupted my WrestleMania, but I had a great time watching WrestleMania. It was a lot of fun. I still don't think it needs to be two nights. I still don't oh, think anything boy. needs to monopolize people's time like that. That's a whole other thing. But had a blast. Jesse loved the tacos. I'll tell you that much. He really, really enjoyed the tacos. Uh, and he did not get enough tacos, by the way. So uh, what else we got? Uh, Kenny Felix asks, who will dethrone the tribal chief? It will be Cody Rhodes. Uh, just plain and simple. It's not changing. It's still going to be Cody. Just not yet. Soon, though. What else we got? Uh, last, I think, no, we got one more WrestleMania question, maybe after this. Uh, hey, Oos, uh, from our friend at Don's Bread. Hi, Mark. Uh, are you feeling okay after last night? Not really. Uh, like I said, emotional. I'm, I'm, I'm not good. He said, just checking in. Uh, I did drink water. I'm not sure. I'm sure Jesse did not drink enough water. Uh, and I'm sure that's why he's not joined us yet is because he's probably cramping up somewhere uh, because he this was a marathon for him. And I don't know if he was ready for this many baseball games. This guy was teaching math just like six <laughs> months ago, I feel like. And now he's running around baseball parks across America. But uh, no, I hope he's OK. I don't know. I, I can't confirm. But he did send that video to Scott McGuff so I can at least say he's alive. Uh, what else we got, Damon? Uh, Hanley. Uh, oh, nope. Gabriel asks, uh, what plans do you have for evil Derek? <laughs> okay. So some backstory on this, uh, Gabriel flew to Japan and came across my evil twin. Can we throw that back up there again, Damon? Cause I, we need to take, we need to take a look at this guy. There he is. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, my other role in life, uh, is as a wrestling, uh, commissioner. And, uh, I very much look like this when I'm doing my other job, including, <laughs> That very same hat in that very same color. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there can be only one Derek. I know that. And I I, I know that flying to Japan uh, just to fight this man doesn't really make a whole lot of sense logistically or financially. However, it's the only course of action, right? <laughs> I mean, it really is the only. There can only be one. And that's the way that this I, needs yeah, to go. Yeah, I think so. Do you think I could pull off those glasses? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, looking With at that hat, guy. Absolutely. Looking at that guy. Absolutely. I mean, come on, let's go. Uh, well, I'll tell you this much. Whether it's a road trip or I'm taking a plane out to Japan, I will be fueling up on Circle K. Well, no matter where I go, uh, you should too. Because Circle K not only keeps uh, your vehicle filled with gas, but it also keeps you filled with all sorts of wonderful drinks, including 12 packs of beer for just $9.99, uh, Red Bull, three for $8, Monsters, three for $6, and iced coffee for just $1.99. Uh, they also have in-store sweepstakes to check out uh, where you can win 
a vehicle that I absolutely can't pronounce. I'm not even going to try, but make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff that you can find at Circle K and be stocked up all March Madness long. Uh, and we are in April now, so uh, let's update this ad read, shall we? Uh, head to circlek.com slash store locator. That's circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. Uh, and of course, uh, that uh, Ryan said he thinks he saw those glasses at Circle K, so I need to go. I need to stop by a Circle K on my way home and try to find those glasses. But uh, I will be stopping by also to grab some Four Peaks beer. Uh, Four Peaks beer is the official beer of this podcast, of this network, and of Derek Montia. Uh, you can get Four Peaks beer anywhere, but why go anywhere? Get it at Circle K. Also, you could stop by their Eighth Street Pub and get it fresh off the tap. You can also take a tour of the Eighth Street Pub. We told you, ghosts help make the beer. We still don't know how, but we'll figure out one of these days. Uh, and also, uh, check out their chicken tendies because they are the best in, uh, in, in, in all of the valley. They are amazing. Uh, the thing is, is on April 27th, we're going out there. We're hanging out with Bo Brack. We're hanging out with our guy, Johnny Venerable. And we are going to watch the NFL draft on April 27th at the Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. New coach, new GM, and the Cardinals have the third pick in the draft. Huge opportunity for this team, and the best place to take in this pivotal moment is with us, your Finksers, at the rest and the rest of the NFL draft on April 27th at eight at the Four Peaks A Street Pub. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy their beers and enjoy responsibly. Uh, hey there, now we got him coming on in. Uh, is the one and only Jesse Friedman who will be here in a second, but uh, very interested to see what the vibes are like in the clubhouse as well as uh, kind of how Scott McGuff is taking this whole situation. Uh, you got, can we get Jesse in here yet? Jesse Friedman. Hello, sir. Hello. How, <laughs> welcome. How are you doing? I think we have a hardcore delay. No, uh, I don't like it. I don't I, like I, it I one bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to try to give us a ring back? I can, if you want me to, please. Hey, Please. All right. Yeah, get him out of here. <laughs> get him the fuck out of here. Get out, um, man. No, I'm I'm very interested to see what the mood is like. I think yeah, it can be great. Uh, I don't know. I don't think. <laughs> I, I I think again. Uh, one thing that Jesse constantly reminds us of is that, of course, uh, we we have to stay reasonable. It's a long season, and even their expectations, I think, as a team, are a little more reasonable than maybe yeah. ours are. Yeah, as and definitely fans. fans definitely wear it more than the players because there is 162 games in a season. But I mean, still, it's, this one was a tough one. Here's why I think we wear it, especially early on. We have no idea what this team is going to be. Yeah, right. Yeah, like if you are a fan of a team right now, like the Mets, like the Dodgers, your expectations are high. Mm -hmm. You want your team to be good. You might even be panicking as a Dodgers fan yeah. that that they split the series with the Diamondbacks. You know because yeah. they're so used to seeing. Them their team dominate you know a, mm -hmm. a rival in the division yeah, specifically in LA at home yeah. right that it's kind of like whoa what the hell's going on yeah. like how did they get two wins out of this right so I think maybe the uh the internal expectations are different than ours but you can't help but feel like this one was in the bag there yeah. and it just yeah. slipped away from you you know yeah and that's we talked about it that's what hurts is that this was in the bag and it felt different, but it just wasn't. This, yeah. is, this is just right back to what it felt like last year. Yeah. All right. We got Jesse back, I think. Uh, let's see if our delay is as bad. Jesse, is it as bad as we as it was last time? Seems all right to me. All right. Yeah. Hey, here we, we go. It. Well, what's uh, we, we're trying. We're trying so hard to be reasonable. We're trying to not overreact. Uh, you're not here, so that's hard to do. But 
uh, help us not overreact too much about this uh, kind of kind of uh, I'm not saying devastating loss, but man, this one's heartbreaking. It's a gut wrenching loss. I mean, there's there's no way there's no way around that, right? I mean, it doesn't get a whole lot worse than you're up by one run going to the bottom of the ninth, and and your closer gives up a home run to the first two batters in the inning, right? I mean, that that's that's a pretty tough situation. Yeah. Uh, there's no no way getting around that. But in, in the grand scheme of things, you're not going to win every one run game you play. Um, and, and from the D-backs perspective, it was pretty cool that they had a shot to be three, you know, in one run games and start the season three and two, despite having a horrendous run differential. Yeah. Uh, but that's just not, that's just not how it, how it tends to work out in baseball. You're not going to win all of these 50, 50 games that happen. Uh, Scott McGuff, unfortunately in the ninth inning, he was just hanging splitters. Frankly, there were some very, very concerning looking pitches, uh, there in the ninth inning. And I know we discussed the other day, maybe the Diamondbacks would look to get McGuff into some uh, lower leverage uh, situations after being a little shaky in his first outing. Uh, he did get the save in Los Angeles yesterday, so don't want to take that away from him. But right. on the whole, I, I wouldn't say he's necessarily proven himself yet to the point where you really want to be using him in that closing role. So we'll see if Torrey uh, reevaluates. Obviously, uh, Scott McGuff is not the Diamondbacks closer officially. We're not at that point, but we might see Tory maybe stay away from him in, in some of these situations moving forward. One topic we brought up was obviously the uh, how 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 good Miguel Castro looked and his uh, five pitch outing, kind of leaving the potential open for him to come back out in the ninth. We talked obviously about the other you know pitfalls of that and how he might not be ready for that kind of role himself, or he might not be ready to come back off the bench and go back into the game. What were your thoughts on potentially using Castro there instead of going to McGuff? Well, uh, I believe Chafin pitched the eighth inning. So unless we're in spring training oh, and you can take a pitcher out and bring him back in, uh, I, I don't think that was going to work my, out so My, well my bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, I guess we were talking about just in general there, that all being moved up one. Miguel sure. Castro not being brought, brought back out for the eighth and then, you know, obviously maybe going to Chafin there instead in the ninth. But uh, instead they, they did not bring Castro back out after his five-inning outing. It kind of reminds outing. me. Yeah, it, it, it kind of reminds me of how the Diamondbacks used Archie Bradley a little bit back in the day. Not that Miguel Castro has, has risen to that level yet, but Archie Bradley wasn't the Diamondbacks' closer. He wouldn't come into the ninth inning to start the game. Basically, what Tori Lovello would do is he would pick out the highest leverage, most important late-game situation, and he would use Archie Bradley whenever that happened. And that's basically what you saw Tori do today with Miguel Castro. You've got two on, two out. Uh, in, in a really, really big spot, or two on one out, uh, in, in a big spot in the seventh inning, uh, right? The three and four hitters coming yep. up to the plate for San Diego. And that's where we saw Torrey use Miguel Castro, and it, and it worked out really well. If you put Scott McGuff in that situation, you know, maybe you have a, a similar outcome to, to what happened in, in the ninth inning. So it, it's hard to say, but uh, I'm sure that Miguel Castro will be at least considered for, you know, a, a, the occasional closing opportunity moving forward. That wouldn't surprise me at all. We do have a tweet here kind of showing um, McGuff where he might have gone wrong, I guess you could say. I don't know if you want to say uh, gone wrong, but uh, that you said a sliding or, or hanging hanging pitch. Uh, this is uh, this is quite the hanging pitch. <laughs> Just absolute paint in the corners there. Uh, yeah, I, 
I think that I want to say it's a splitter. I'm not, I mean, it's 90 miles an hour. It should be a little on the slow end for, for his fastball. I believe that would be a splitter for McGuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not the best, uh, not the best location there. <laughs> yeah. And you, uh, you, you, uh, caught up with McGuff after the game. Yeah, we did. I believe we have a clip of, of McGuff. Uh, we could let, we could let him do the talking instead of me. If that clip is there. Yeah. Just left a splitter and a doll. He did a good job going with it and has enough juice. You know, he's a dangerous hitter. Um, and then with Kim, just got behind him and went with the slider and didn't really spin. So he's kind of left it in his sweet spot, and I know where to go on him. So just two mistakes. So it just kind of happens in a hurry, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, you try to, you know, after the first one, you try to attack again. You get behind on him. Um, yeah, just made a bad pitch and got to live with it and let the boys down today, but just go back at it tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to ask, what are your emotions after a night like this, and how do you kind of, how do you kind of foster? Well, I mean, I've been doing this for a while now, so you kind of know not to get too high or too low. Um, you know, the best ones I've seen, the guys that have taught me the most, kind of stay consistent. So just try to keep, you know, level-headed and come back to work tomorrow. And we got another game, and we want to split the series, and that's the goal. So I'll be here to help out the team. Cool. Thank you. To be fair, he totally looks like a Coyotes player. Am I wrong? Am I wrong about that? But uh, uh, let's get Jesse back in here. Jesse, uh, obviously, no real need to panic. Still, we still are, like you said, gut wrenching. We're heartbroken. Uh, where, where, what do they do from here? They're still trying to figure out what this bullpen's identity is, and it still feels like this bullpen is is much improved from last year. But here we are in that same spot of, well, the bullpen blew it again. Yeah, I mean, not not naming a closer is great until you don't have one, right? And, until you get yes. to, to one of these situations and you just don't know who to call on. Uh, Tori has called on Scott McGuff uh, the last two the last two times that that you know we've had that situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly going to be interesting to see how it evolves and and where the Diamondbacks go next in in that spot. Um, I do think it is important to point out, it kind of as you were saying. This bullpen does look better early on. It's it's such a small sample at this point. But uh, Scott McGuff allowing those two home runs broke a streak of seven straight scoreless innings uh, by the Diamondbacks bullpen going going back to last game. So uh, they really have you know I, I think held their own on the whole. If if those two home runs happen in the sixth or seventh inning, you're disappointed, but you probably don't feel like you do right now. Yeah, uh, where it feels like the bullpen yeah. blew the game. The bullpen yeah. on the whole still was pretty decent in, in this game for the Diamondbacks. I mean, four innings, two runs, that's that's not terrible. Uh, it's not like they gave up six or seven runs or anything and, and blew this game. So I think it's too early to make any big declarations about uh, about this bullpen. But the closing situation in particular is going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds. That's a great point because we talked about the freedom that not having a closer gives Tori and to, and to go to his yeah. bullpen and use someone situationally. But – like you said, when 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 it comes down to it, who who do you look for? And and especially if you're using maybe guys in uh, other high leverage situations, maybe like you wanted to use Miguel Castro, but you decided instead to go to him because there were there were two on uh, and one out, and it made more sense to kind of try to bring him in to make sure that those runs didn't score. That's fine, but then that leaves you possibly depleted of the guy you were thinking about going with later in the game. I'm not saying that's Castro. Because obviously, with Castro being, uh, you know, so so new to this team, I doubt that Tori's considering him for that role just yet. But it feels like potentially he could. I mean, he is already using Scott McGuff 
in that role. And McGuff is already is, yeah. is new to this team as well. So I, yeah. I, I'll say this though. Ryan Nelson did not look very good early on uh, and he was able to get things back on track. What were your thoughts on his outing? I was impressed, honestly, after those first couple innings, it was like, all right, you're going to have to get the bullpen up. Like, here we go. Another really short start by, by a diamondback starter. Uh, but he really bounced back. The innings three through five were were pretty sharp all the way around for Ryan Nelson. Uh, this is in in some ways uh, kind of the first adversity that that he's faced as as a big leaguer. Last year he had a sub one point five ERA. I think one of those starts he might have he might have had some difficulty, but on the whole, his major league career has been pretty darn good uh, up to this point. He hasn't really had a whole lot of these situations where he really had to dig himself out of a rut. Uh, and it was it was impressive. I mean, to see a guy who was at almost 60 pitches after two innings, uh, you know, and on a relatively short leash with it being so early in the season, giving the Diamondbacks five innings, I think, was was a big win there. So, yeah, uh, not not the sharpest outing that we've seen from Ryan Nelson by any means. I uh, really struggled with the change up early on. It was kind of all four seam fastball slider. The four seamers command was all over the place. But as the game progressed, it, it got better. And uh, I think he has something good to build off of in his next start. It's something he has to be commended for because we talked about how that's uh, we saw that during spring he has a he has a good ability to kind of bounce back from adversity and to get himself back on track and that's that's a big trait that Tori Lavallo is looking for when it comes to starting pitching. This is exactly the reason why the first inning, yeah. thirty two pitches, he was at nearly sixty after two. He had given up that two home run two run uh, home run to, to Soto, and he still found a way to give them three more quality innings and only allowing one more run while he was out there. And I thought that that was pretty damn good considering uh, just like the way that Dre Jamison has kind of, kind of his counterpart uh, provided them with such uh, a, a, a big, you know, a big lift in their, in their first win of the year. It feels like Ryan Nelson did everything he could to give them an opportunity uh, to win, despite the fact that the, oh, the start of this game didn't go so hot for him. Yeah, yeah, it was it was big. I mean, I think you learn more about starters when they when they don't have their best stuff in some cases than when they do. And Ryan Nelson definitely yeah. did not have everything cooking. I still think he has a lot to prove. We haven't necessarily seen him have all of his pitches working a whole lot so far uh, this year. Uh, in his spring starts, things were a little bit shaky at times, other than his his last appearance, which was really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, th- I was really impressed with with the way that he bounced back and. Uh, it doesn't by any means like I, I'm not viewing this at all like the Diamondbacks made this big mistake by, you know, having Ryan Nelson as the fifth starter rather than Dre Jameson. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm sure Jameson would would do OK in this spot, too. But I, I think Ryan Nelson is also, you know, very capable of of being pretty good in that fifth spot. And, and he showed a little glimpse of it toward the end of his start today. So it was Mailbag Monday, Jesse. I'm sorry you missed it, but we do have a couple of questions. You've for already you. answered all all the questions. You they were mostly about WrestleMania, so you really didn't miss much. But yeah, that's uh, par for the course at this point. We're, I know. We are a wrestling, I know. We're a wrestling podcast. We are. It, they won't let me have any more shows, but they said I could talk about wrestling here. So that's <laughs> the only reason. Until they give me a wrestling podcast, this is where I do the, my chatting about that. But uh, one, Dre Jameson. Do you do you see Dre Jameson? If things continue to not go well for any starting pitcher, uh, do you think that Dre Jamison is kind of around still and and still looking at being that guy that might slide into the rotation and take someone's role? It's possible. It's certainly possible that he could. Um, 
I, I don't necessarily have any, you know, information from Tori or anything when when I say this. Sure, my sure. Gut, totally my gut feeling is that Dre Jameson will spend the entire season in the bullpen. That's that's purely my gut feeling. I just think it, it feel it really feels like Archie Bradley in 2017, where you put a guy over there, you're not necessarily planning for them to stay there. And then they're really freaking good. And you try to imagine a world where they're not there. Yes. And then you're like, all right, yes. we got to keep him there, yeah. even though we, we who, who would, who would we have him. turned to in these 20 games if it wouldn't have been for him being out there. Right. So it does. It yeah. makes it that much harder to move him. Uh, yeah. The other question, the other question we had for you is how are the tacos? Uh, you know, I still just had those tacos from the other day. Uh, I have to give a, a shout out to I, I didn't have any tacos today in L.A. and in San Diego. And you haven't had tacos at least three times. Jesse, I yeah, feel like I'm, I'm not calling. doing my job on teaching you how to eat when you go to these places. The media dining hall, Derek, was on point today. We had some great soup. We had some uh, some very well seasoned potatoes. We had a little pork chop situation going on. They took good care of us here in San Diego, right. but tomorrow yeah. I'll request tacos and, and see, what right. the, see what the chef I'm going to send them a thank you note for send, to taking such good care of you. I yeah, promise. San Diego's media dining. It's, <laughs> yeah. no, joke. it's yeah. no joke. LA's it was is pretty, pretty good, good too, from what I heard too. How was the opening day grub over there? Was it pretty good? San Diego beats LA. Uh, really? For sure. For sure. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, no, no question. Uh, wow. I mean, number one. The uh, dining in in San Diego is ten dollars, ten dollars for media to eat compared to fifteen dollars over in L.A. Wait and, a minute! And- wait a minute! Wait! Wait a goddamn minute! Those lying bastards from the L.A. media told me that they eat for free over there. Is there something else going? Are they taking advantage of you? Who made you pay the ten dollars or fifteen dollars? I just want to. <laughs> yeah, I want know- names, Jesse. I want to make sure they're not just taking your money. Yeah, you know, it was weird. They asked for all cash. And I knew it. It was someone who wasn't it. wearing a uniform. They didn't have a little square a little or nothing. Confused. Damn it, Jesse. <laughs> we talked about this. No, uh, yeah, the, food in, <laughs> the food in L.A. for, for the media was, was kind of deceptive. And this is how some of the other reporters describe it to me as well. And that it looks very good. You walk over, you look at it, you know, you're, you're impressed with what you see. And, mm. then, and then before you know it, you're trying to cut into this prime rib with a little plastic uh fork and knife and yeah. you can't even cut into the prime rib because the thing is so dang tough oh. that was my experience on opening day hey, not hey. a not a fan hey i'll tell you this much <laughs> it can be any cut of meat but if they don't cook it right it's not going to be right right so uh yeah, they need I'm to gonna, get your brisket uh, they need to get your brisket over yes in the, uh, the yes LA dining area i'll, t- I'll teach them the recipe but they're not going to want to stay up for 12 hours straight like i do uh, to do it overnight, so that's the that's the whole thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna get mad at somebody in LA for them not taking care of you over there. But uh, Jesse, we're very excited uh, for you to come back. I I, I I I will say that I have replaced you with Danielle though, so <laughs> that's something that you're just gonna have to deal with. I don't know what we're gonna do with you when you get back here, but we'll figure out a new role. Uh, I do want to say this though before we go, we have proof, Jesse. We have proof, Danielle, that the MLB new rules and the pitch clock are working unrefuted it's facts you can't you can't argue with this jeff passan put out a tweet let's get that tweet up there first four days of the mlb season by the numbers 2023 50 games 2022 49 games played time of game average from 309 last year to 238 that is a whole half an hour of our lives that we get back ladies and gentlemen 
batting average up 245 230 everything offensively up but look at these stolen base numbers 84 attempts versus 43 attempts last year and an 83.3% success rate versus 67.4%. 70 stolen bases to 29. And then when it comes down to the pitch clock violations, 40. Less than one per game. Where are you at, pitch clock haters? Show yourselves. Because all of your points are null and void. We all hail the pitch clock. All hail the pitch clock, Jesse. That that eighty three point three percent success rate that's blows my nuts. mind. Uh, that's that, that nuts. That really is. It's it's almost dangerous, honestly, because it's like, oh man, if if it if it's eighty three percent and teams are running that much more than they were last year, right? Teams are just gonna keep on running, and and they might run even more than they have in these first few days because of how successful some of these teams have been on. <laughs> Granted, uh, a portion of that eighty three percent is is the simple fact that Will Smith. Uh, over in over in LA, really struggles to grip the baseball when he's trying to make a throw. <laughs> Shut up! So that was that was no need to point that out. No need to point that uh, out. But but yeah, I, I think it's interest. It'll be interesting to see how that changes. I don't think eighty three percent is sustainable. My guess is is teams will continue to to push running even more aggressively. Um, yeah. And as they do that, I think the success rate will probably come down a little bit. Uh, but yeah, these games are these games are moving. Um, I mean, we, we haven't had a three hour game yet for the diamondbacks this season through, we haven't even, we don't even have time to get our stats together to do this damn show. Jesse tonight's time of game, two hours and 29 minutes. That's a full nine inning game with a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth. And let's be honest, there were lots of pitching changes in this game. Uh, Long at bats, long at bats. There were high pitch counts for both starting pitchers on both ends. So like this was not even one of those samples of a game that really moved. It didn't have a ton of offense in it. I'm not going to say it did. Uh, but even the 10 to 1 victory the Dodgers had over the Diamondbacks was a two hour and 35 minute game. Like these games are moving. I think I think that one was two hours and 14 minutes. If I'm not oh, mistaken. okay. I, 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 I might have gotten it out of order in the in the list that you sent out. But yeah, yeah. like 235 was the longest of the four games in L.A. Am I right? I think it might have been 240, but yeah, something something in that in that range. The Diamondbacks haven't he even come close. To, <laughs> he just well, always has. To, he always has to make you, me look when dumb. You, he when, has you has say, to, when you say things, 238. Uh, it was like 240. Dog. Shut up, Jesse. Go back to San Diego. <laughs> I'm not even giving him an exit anymore. Cut him off, Damon. We're done with you. Bye, Jesse. Go away and go away forever. <laughs> <laughs> I am so done with Jesse being on the road. Okay, all right. Uh, oh man, the crazy the crazy actually, thing you know to me about that is, um, for so long, I've I've always said like, well, you can either have you can either have offense or a quick game. You can't have both. We got yes, both. I was yes, I, I was wrong. I yeah. will happily admit that I was wrong. Yeah. These games are moving. No, the one thing about it was, especially I think uh, we were talking about while we were watching the game is like. This is it. The, everything you wanted to achieve, you can achieve, and that proves it, right? Yeah. That, that proves it because yeah. you wanted to increase offense, you wanted to put more balls in play, and you wanted to shorten the time of game, and they absolutely did. Um, but, you know, that's that's it, man. I'll tell you, this is something incredible that I think Jesse wants done. to come back. Does he want to come back? Yeah. Is he? Did he apologize? He's he hasn't left yet. <laughs> okay. Well, then he can come back, I guess. But Jesse, come on back in. I'm not. I'm just 
just overreacting all night long. You, but you can't let me go like that. I can here. pick you <laughs> off whenever I want. You're not here. He's the mayor. I am the mayor. <laughs> I wear the I wanna, shirts. All right. I, I what wanted, are your thoughts? I wanted to at least address. There was a comment that came through about um, not uh, the challenges. Yeah, I see something about challenges. I'm not really sure there were any plays. There was one close play at one point, but yeah, honestly, it was I, I, it was the it was the out in the ninth inning is the what double play, uh, I think Maddie's the double play for, yeah. for Gabby Moreno. Yeah, yeah, I think he was out at first base. We talked about that in the press box a little bit. You know, you might as well use your challenge, but uh, but I made the point. You know, this game could be headed to extra innings, and it very much looked like it was going to uh, for a second there in, in the bottom of the ninth. Um, but yeah, I think Moreno was probably out. Um, I, I think that comment might've also mentioned pinch hitting for, for Moreno. If I'm reading that correctly, uh, Gabby Moreno is not a guy the diamondbacks would, would be pinch hitting for. I know he's had a bit of a rough start and, uh, grounded into a costly double play earlier in this game, but I mean, it's only five games. I think he's just going to, he's going to be just fine. I, I think that's it. I think it's easy, uh, for us, for all of us to be reactionary. And, uh, I think Matt was saying, you know, if you can tack on a couple more runs there, obviously, at least two runs there in the top of the ninth. Yeah, it, but hey, guess what? You're not because he was out. Like. Well, okay, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying that's fine. I, I mean, I, I guess the idea there is like to at least challenge it, throw it out there since it's so late in the game. Chances are you're not going to use any more challenges, but you just never know, right? Yeah. And then the last thing yeah. you wanted to do is, 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 is use it on a challenge where you were overtly wrong and – you know, you have yeah, you, you analytics people looking at it, right? Yeah, like, I mean, it happens really fast, though. We talked about that. Challenges need to happen so quickly now, and they, the decision needs to be made uh, within 15 seconds, basically, of the manager making the sign that he's contemplating challenging it. So, uh, you know, sometimes these decisions got, have to be made quickly, and, and that's probably, you know, what we saw tonight. But it uh, doesn't matter. Again, with the way that things went in the ninth, uh, it looked like the Padres were never going to stop hitting home runs. They just did because they won the game, and that's the way that went. Uh, let's take a look ahead at at tomorrow's probables. We got a big matchup in you, Darvish, versus Zach Gallon. Jesse, what do you expect to see out of our boy on Valentine's Day? It's a big start for for Zach Gallon. I think um, he expressed uh, some issues with with the pitch clock and and just kind of uh, him getting used to the pitch clock. And uh, we've talked a lot about how. Uh, he does tend to work pretty slowly once guys get on base. And uh, I went back the other day and listened to to his post-game interview after that game. And he talked a lot about, you know, having some trouble at times slowing the game down. Uh, you know, once things, once once some offense gets going a little bit against you, it's hard as a pitcher with the pitch clock to not let things spiral, to try to settle down and kind of gather yourself. Uh, I think Gallon struggled a little bit with that. And, and I mean, he had a rough spring that we've talked about too. And I mean, really, ever since the pitch clock has has come into effect, we haven't really seen Zach Gallon look like himself out there. So uh, it's a big one for him against, you know, one of the best lineups in baseball. And uh, hopefully for the D-backs, he's able to get back on track. Uh, I feel like that's uh, that that might be a little bit for Merrill Kelly as well. Uh, just the just the pitch clock. And maybe it's not the actual pitch clock impacting them as much as it's their mindset about the pitch clock and just not accepting it, right? Like they they both still very much seem to make comments, whether it's, you know, it might just be kind of passive aggressive things or maybe it's just kind of a, a little thing here or there about 
how much they hate it and think it's going to like ruin baseball games. And I, I feel like that mindset is kind of what's holding might, might be, I mean, I have no way to know that for sure. I'm just speculating, but it feel like that might be what's holding them back. It, it definitely affects certain guys more than others. There's, there's no question about that. And I think that was maybe, uh, maybe one of the league's bigger hesitations with doing it is that it's not fair in some ways, right? You could make a case. It's not fair. It doesn't affect every player in an equal manner. It yeah. causes certain players to be at more of a disadvantage than other players. I still think it was the right call. All those numbers that you brought up earlier, I think it's doing a lot of good for the game. But Zach Gallen is one of those players that it it unfairly, you know, puts at a disadvantage a little bit more than other players just with the way that his game is built. Uh, but Luis Garcia had to change his entire rocking the baby thing, right? Like, I that's mean, true. other pitchers have had to change their pitching motion completely. I will say that Zach Gallen is a slow worker. Merrill Kelly never really struck me as that. But it doesn't really feel like these guys are being impacted in the way that their mechanics or delivery are being impacted by this rule. I feel like it's yeah. it's up here, you know? And for Zach Gallen, he might feel rushed. So I understand that. But I still don't feel like for like it like it is for a lot of other pitchers in the league like it's this big mechanical change of your delivery or something that you're doing that you have to completely come up with something new right so yeah uh hopefully gallon can find his way to peace with this whole situation and uh a start against you darvish is is maybe the way to think about it it's a pretty big pitching matchup as far as head-to-head marquee matchups go and you know hopefully he'll get his head into it and seeing that this team is this team is competing. This team is doing good things. And I don't know how you wouldn't want to, you know, kind of try to focus and zero in and, and put put all that noise about the new rules and stuff behind them. I mean, shit, I tweeted it out tonight, but so far the biggest rule, new rule to impact the Diamondbacks is the damn big bases <laughs> with the yeah. ball hitting it tonight and giving them a run. Yeah, that was that was crazy. That was one of the most bizarre batted balls I've ever seen. Just right? like a little cue shot off the end of the bat it looked like it was gonna go foul like yeah. right off the bat yeah. it was on a trajectory to totally go foul and it just had so much weird side spin that it winds up curling fair and, and not only curls fair in kind of a weird way but then it skips off the base poor christian walker had sort of an impossible job at, at first base trying to figure out what to do with that uh and that run i mean you could make a case that run uh ultimately was the difference in this game so uh some tough luck there for for the diamondbacks well, we have a little bit more from Tori uh, from tonight. Do you want to set these up? Because I don't know what Tori had to say about uh, about this loss. Yeah, so I think the first clip that we have is uh, Tori Lovello talking about uh, just his general reaction to the way that this game ended. So here's that one. But, no, we were in a really good spot. You know, we had, we had kind of sold out to certain matchups. It was working. Um, you know, we're up by a run with with McGuff coming in the game. I felt very good about it. Um, uh, that's that's the beauty of this game. It, it can it can change quickly. He just he made a couple mistakes without pitches, and and that was the difference in the game. I mean, obviously yesterday he didn't have the same struggle. What were you seeing with with him today? Yeah, I just feel like it was uh, the first batter. I thought the, the velo on the fastball was real good, um, and just missed with a with an up splitter and then it looked like the same thing to um to the final hitter but um look it's it's hard to hit a pitch hit home run in this game right and it happened um and you know i i feel like we got to find a way to regroup in that situation and make something good happen but 
We got clipped. We got clipped for back-to-back home runs, and there's not a thing we can do about it. We got to move on and get ready for tomorrow. Location seemed to really be McGuff's problem there. Location, yeah. location, location, right? Yeah, location and, and splitters that don't split. Not a not a great combination. <laughs> what else we got from Tori? We have one more uh, one more clip from Tori. I don't know how much you guys have talked about Corbin Carroll already and and the game that he had with three hits and, and a home run. Really he may have been our king snake. He may have been there our king snake. Yeah. There you go. He's the yeah. he's the king snake and, and rightfully so. Here's Tori talking about uh, the day that the Carroll had at the plate, including that home run. Yeah, he's an exciting player. He's engaged. He's following the game plan, um, and he can counter punch really at any time. So he's not one dimensional. He's not just a speed guy that hits mistakes. He hits a lot of pitches in a lot of different areas and, and follows baseball. When, however he's being pitched, he's going to put put the barrel on. He's been very very good so far. That dinger was kind of crazy, Jesse. It had a twenty degree launch angle. It did not look like it was. Uh going to be high enough to make a home run but man it, it, it got the hell out of here this is a classic corbin carroll dinger honestly yeah. <laughs> we, we, have, we, have, we have yet to see i think there was one home run that carroll hit last year i'd have to go back and check there was one that was like straight away center field and was like a total shot but a lot of the the dingers that we've seen from carroll so far this was his fifth career home run uh they tend to just eke over that that right field fence just a little just just by a, a pretty short margin but I mean, that's kind of the way that his swing is built. He's not going to, you know, loft balls up into the second or third deck. He's kind of a, a pure line drive hitter. And, uh, I mean, the man is hitting 333 with an 889 OPS. So, uh, for any for any Diamondbacks fans, you're going to have some trouble sleeping tonight after after this game. Corbin Carroll sitting 333 with an 889 OPS. There you go. <laughs> it's like we said, he'll leave you a, if you're a good boy or girl, he'll leave you a, a stolen base in your stocking in the morning. So just sleep tight knowing that. Wasn't it, yeah, wasn't it was, it was a, triple? a triple. It was a triple. Yeah, that's, I mean, we're pro- we're promising way too much, I feel like. But anyway, <laughs> Jesse, I'm going to let you get out of here. Go uh, get some sleep, and we need you back out there early tomorrow. We got a, we got a, we got a 12 o'clock game, right? I think it's 110, I want to say. But, but uh, yeah, I think it's 110. Uh, it, people have have the internet; they can go figure it out for themselves. I want to say sure. one ten start. But tomorrow. we will be we will be coming to you live after that game, so make sure to join us. Uh, and then Jesse's not allowed to go anywhere anymore after that. I'm I'm bringing him back here. Uh, I'm taking away his sick Rav four, so he can't travel out of the state. Uh, he gets a big head when not he gets even, on. Uh, I mean, literally, look at the size of his head right now. <laughs> not even if i bring you tacos you won't you well won't all right back. now we'll see we'll, we'll we'll talk we'll talk offline about this but thank you jesse have uh safe travels buddy and we'll talk to you tomorrow all right see you guys all right well uh of course the one thing that jesse uh, is really bad at is buying furniture so of course uh make sure you send him all of your suggestions for furniture furnishing his house i, I think his townhouse really is just empty and that's the real thing. We joke about the Chase lounges. I don't think he has any furniture. <laughs> it think, wouldn't surprise. I, I don't think, think it wouldn't surprise. I think anybody. he has a couple of folding chairs, <laughs> and I think he has an air mattress that he's sleeping on, but I can't confirm that. Uh, of course, you need to make sure to hook yourself up for baseball season. Uh, apparently, we're, we're, we're getting more furniture in here, and that's not even a pun I was trying to make, but I did. Uh, and you need to get more furniture in your house. So um, get it delivered with their white glove delivery service uh, and get the best Furniture in the Valley. Save big also on that best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Big shout out also to our friends over at the Spaghetti Shack. 
for keeping our bellies full and keeping all of these wonderful ASU college students uh their bellies full filled with uh, some some wholesome food, right? Not some takeout food or not some some fast food, not not fried food. Uh, the Spaghetti Shack is ASU alum owned and operated, and they have a menu uh, starring spaghetti, meatballs, garlic bread, and a few other fan fra- favorites. So uh, their entire th- mission is to provide quality, affordable food as quickly as possible, so that you can spend less time cooking and spend more time with your loved ones, and especially if you're an ASU student. Uh, you might not have any loved ones. Your loved ones don't cook for you anymore. You've moved out. You've moved on. So you don't know where to get your loved one cooked, that that wholesome meal that you need. And the Spaghetti Shack is your place. And if you go to Spaghetti Shack, you might hear some embarrassing stories about me. Hey, <laughs> there's another reason to go. Uh, the Spaghetti Shack is a community-focused to-go pasta concept started right here in Tempe, Arizona by five lifelong friends. And we are currently serving Tempe and Queen Creek and hope to come to your neighborhood soon. But of course, uh, go over there and hear the funny stories about Danielle. Uh, more importantly, follow Danielle on Twitter at Abracadanielle. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Uh, maybe he's like, maybe it's San Diego Friedman now at this point. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Damon, our producers at Damon Dog, that's D A W G. Our podcast is at PHNX underscore DBACs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. <sighs> We're sad. And we know you guys are sad, and it's okay. This is what we come together for. I think the Coyotes coined uh, the phrase pack therapy, uh, and that's what we are all about here as well. Uh, We will get over these losses together. I will try to remain positive for you, even though you might at times yell and scream at me and say, Derek, you're a crazy person. That's what I'm here for. I am here to help you get over this stuff uh, or to celebrate with you when we win. So uh, we thank you guys so much, of course, for being here uh, on behalf of everybody here. We appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when the goddamn bullpen doesn't blow the game in the ninth.